Hello, and welcome to the Your Visual Brand Podcast. My name is Alec Watson. I'm a director of photography. And today, I thought I would try something a little different. You can give me some feedback. Today's journey is a little story about the first time I photographed Britney Spears. I thought maybe I could bring you some inspiration, some business tactics, and maybe some insights into the world of working with celebrities. In three, two, one. So the year was 2014, and that's a little while ago now. I got a call asking, Alec, we have a new shoot coming up, a campaign with Britney Spears. Britney Spears is uh, partnering with a brand called Change of Scandinavia. They are a clothing brand, specifically lingerie. So it's just like, Alec, will you film the commercial parts of the campaign of Britney Spears in lingerie? <laughs> to which I said, yes. Um, <laughs> that's hardly surprising. But you know what? Here's where the story I thought might get interesting for you. I think a lot of people have this impression, maybe uh, maybe of me, that I, I show up to shoots and I'm really cool and really together. But you know what? I might look like that on the outside. But that is not the experience I have on the inside. And today, I thought I'd tell you a little about the things that go on on the inside and the prep that it takes to be a performer working at your best when you're struggling against your very nature. So it turns out <laughs> I struggle at times from anxiety. I get anxious about things. In I used to be a recording engineer and I used to be a, a vocalist. I, I would sing on people's records. I would play piano on people's records. And I, I would play piano and, and tour with, uh, tour with some, some big acts playing piano. Well, I always struggled at that moment when the spotlight came over to me to play a piano solo. There was nothing worse. And it, and it got so bad for me at one point when uh, I was touring with Ronna Reeves, when the, the spotlight was on me to do a piano solo, that one day, instead of doing a piano solo, I decided to dance. And for anybody who's seen me dance, I am not a dancer. But people cheered and, you know, that was all it took. So then uh, after that, it was just like, okay, I'm just going to dance because it's more entertaining than me doing a piano solo. I used to call it red light anxiety. And for me, what it was, was I can sit and play piano in the, in the studio and everything is going great. But when that red light comes on, I suddenly get in my head and it stops me from being able to perform well. Now, I know lots of us, we experience that, right? Lots of us struggle with uh, the idea of public speaking. <laughs> it's a strange one that I actually don't struggle with, kind of have fun public speaking. But we all struggle at times with anxiety. And for me, this, this is an absolute shutdown for me career-wise unless I can get a handle on it. So I will tell you that uh, it's, it's embarrassing to say that on shoots like that, when I have a big shoot, I will actually book a hotel that's near the venue that we're going to shoot at. Well, I guess that bit's not embarrassing, but the embarrassing bit's coming up. So... 
for this shoot, it was in it was in Hollywood at a place called Milk Studios. And for anybody who's ever, well, not many people have been to Milk Studios. Let me describe it. Uh, in the the Hollywood way that you can do things over the top, this is an over to the top photo studio. Uh, I've shot there a few times. Uh, love doing photographs there. It's an, a, a truly amazing space to be able to work in. This is my first trip there. And so I got a hotel really close. Now, one of the things about Hollywood is Hollywood doesn't exactly have the greatest hotels. Uh, there, there are some great hotels in, uh, you know, up in the hills. But if you're going to be spending, you know, money to stay there, the money that it would, you know, that I'm going to make flying down to film Britney Spears is all going to get used up on my hotel. So, you know, that wasn't a real option. So I stayed in one of those uh, <laughs> divey hotels that was near Milk Studios. So I got in there a day early so I could literally know where I was going to park. That's kind of embarrassing to me now. I, it's, well, it's embarrassing to admit, but that is the level of the anxiety that I will have. So if I know where I'm going to park, I don't have to think about that. I knew where I was going to walk. I, I walked up to the front door and I went in to the studio so I could get past the feeling of having to show up the next day and do all these things. And there's a reason for that. Like one of them is, is, you know, that's just kind of a weird thing to do. And it might be a little bit over the top. But for me to perform at my best, I know that I want to get rid of as much red light anxiety as I can. And so little things like, am I going to find parking? Uh, Is traffic going to be bad and make me late? Oh, man, if you don't want to sleep the night before uh, a big event, (laughs) knowing that you might have to drive in traffic, that will stop you from sleeping, and I'm not going to perform at my best. So that's why I get the hotel really close to, you know, wherever this venue might be. So now my mind is clear of all those things, so I can concentrate. Now, I came across... On, on Facebook, in one of the Facebook groups, someone talking about themselves getting nervous during uh, a photo shoot when they were photographing somebody. And this person w- was picked on by other photographers that it's like, well, maybe you're in the wrong job. So I, I piped up and I told this story that I, I'm, I'm telling you guys now about how nervous I can get before shoots and how it can shut me down. Yet here I am, I'm at a point where I've shot pop stars, movie stars, uh, international presidents, billionaire CEOs. I've photographed and filmed all sorts of people and I've had to deal with these kind of nerves that would would shut you down if if I'm allowed to say, if you know, if it was probably born in a different time, they would probably have drugs for me to help me with this. But at this point, now being you know 50 and I've lived this way my entire life, uh, this is just the way I, I deal with those things. And I guess I try and harness this. When I played sports, when I was younger, I, I played uh, high-level sports, uh, hockey, uh, rugby, track, I was kind, always kind of a, a go-to person, you know, it was like last minute, you know, put me in coach. I will score the goal. I will bring that ball across the line. And this kind of nervousness and focus worked really well in sports, but it's terrible in art. It doesn't work for you at all. 
So I've arrived the day before. I've walked into Milk Studios. It turns out they're actually setting up the the studio that we're going to photograph and film Brittany in the day before. So I, I go in and I meet the gaffer. The gaffer is the lighting person, and I meet the creative director, who's who's a friend of mine, who who brought me in. And they're they're building a set. They're they're building a bedroom inside Milk Studios. So I was just like, wow, this is an expensive budget shoot. Now on this one, uh, I was director of photography, so I was filming. There was also a stills photographer. Now, sometimes on a campaign, the, the focus is the stills and the video is secondary. And other times, the video is the, the primary shoot and you do pickups of stills where you can. And, and the stills photographer is kind of secondary. In, in the case of this first shoot with Britney Spears, uh, video was a little bit secondary. It was, it was shared between the two, but the, the primary photographer, he'd been flown over from Paris. I'd been flown down from, uh, where was I? I was in Seattle at the time. And so I got, I got to meet everybody. I felt better about how this was all going to go. So next day I get up, uh, I go to Milk Studios, not being nervous. I, I know where to park. I know how to get in there. Now I'm, I'm basically nervous about uh, meeting Britney Spears, man. She's, a, she's an icon. And th- there's a few people that I've been nervous about, or when I've met them, I've been like, wow, I can't believe that's a real, a real person. I mean, uh, one of them was, uh, Dolly Parton. Uh, another one was Crystal Gale. And it was back in the music days. But for the most part, uh, people seem like they're just like, oh, there's just a person. But for me, like Br- Britney was like this, um, you know, she's an, she's an icon. What was she actually going to be like? So I get into the studio and the first person that I come across is security and this security guy of uh, Brittany's, I guess um, he was hired by the, the team. He wants to go through all my gear and I'm asking him what he's looking for. And he's like, well, I'm looking for transmitters. And I was like, transmitters for what? And he's just like, well, I need to make sure you're not going to transmit any of the images uh, out of here. Uh, to the outside. And I was like, why, why would I do that? <laughs> it was, it was all a very foreign concept to me, uh, that, that somebody would do that. I'm getting paid to, to create an, you know, amazing images of Brittany. Why, why would I sabotage this? I, I have a career and I did tell him that, but it didn't seem to matter for any shoot that I'm working on. I like to be set up a full hour before shoot time. And now this is not always possible because sometimes you get to a venue and you only have access to the venue and then it, you know, it's kind of set up. I like to feel super set up. And again, it's about that red light anxiety. I want to be set up. I want to have redundancy of every piece of gear. So when I travel, I have two cameras, uh, multiple sets of lenses that overlap one another. Uh, multiple cards, multiple batteries, uh, multiple power supplies, everything you can think of. It's like, it's like being a pilot of a plane. I want to have redundancy built in. So no matter what goes wrong, I still have a backup plan. I haven't lost images. Uh, I have been known to drop cameras and lenses and have done it many times and ended uh, shoots apart from having to move to a backup system. So 
I like to be ready. I'm, I'm ready an hour ahead of time. And then I sit and wait. Normally, they've got uh, craft services at these. That's the, that's the people who make the food. So after that, I'll go and have a coffee and some breakfast and just kind of relax and get into the zone. I see a lot of young photographers or people starting out who who don't do that. They They show up. And they show up and they, they are ready for the, the time they've got to, to like for start. And for me, it's just like, man, if I had to be ready for the moment of start, that's going to increase that anxiety. And if one thing goes wrong, what do you do? So that hour for me, if I get an entire hour, man, that is Zen time. That's awesome. And if something goes wrong, which it invariably does, I can cover it in some way that nobody sees anything going wrong. I'm not going to be stressed out. I'm going to be chill and I will have it all sorted out before the moment we either have to shoot or hit record. And that's just a great feeling. So nine o'clock rolls around and no Brittany. I'm pretty sure it was 1045 before Brittany showed up. Uh, interestingly, we had a, a DJ on set. I've never had a DJ on set. And so he was over in the corner spinning records and uh, apparently the word came in that uh, Brittany did not want him to see her in her underwear. I'm not sure. And anyway, he got put in a box <laughs> randomly inside the studio and uh, was spinning records from inside a box. <laughs> Brittany shows up, heads over to, to hair and makeup, and finally shows up on set at about noon. We've got, I believe, eight outfits to go through. And the, the shoot was supposed to be nine to four. I'm just like, okay, eight outfits, uh, four hours with hair and changes. Man, we're, we're going to be tight. We're going to have to do this fast. And that was when I got the word that she would like to be gone by two. Now, I don't know if any of you have done shoots or worked with complete uh, wardrobe changes and hair changes and makeup changes, but eight complete outfit changes on one person in two hours, plus stills and uh, video footage, man, that is seriously hard to pull off top quality work. So... Right off the bat, we had our work cut out for us. For me, honestly, my, my biggest concern was, is this going to look good? I did not want to be known as the director of photography who did the bad shoot of Britney Spears and made her look bad. Ironically, I, I deal with that feeling a lot. I've photographed or filmed lots of famous models. And <laughs> pretty much at some point, I always think to myself, oh man, am I going to be the bad guy who does a bad job of filming this person? Uh, fortunately, that has never happened yet. <laughs> so fingers crossed, all of the prep work, all of the zen that I bring to the shoot and the professionalism, it's paying off. Something is paying off. Clearly, being prepared and working hard at your art is definitely a key to creating excellence. So just afternoon, I finally get to meet Brittany. I make eye contact for, I don't know, a tenth of a second. <laughs> I say hello. She nods and walks past. And that was pretty much how most of our conversations went. It, 
it wasn't a mean thing. It was, it was honestly, I'll be straight with you. It was just uncomfortable. I've got to work with her a, a couple more times since then. And we've never spoken, uh, much, but we definitely got past that point. And, and I tell you what was going on. And I had not taken the time to have my own understanding of the situation. Well, of course, being honest, I, I had no understanding uh, of what her life might be like. But here's the thing. So here's a woman in her 30s who's not a model. She's not 5 foot 11. She's not 24. And she does get picked on for how she looks. And she is partnered on a lingerie campaign. And we are about to photograph her in lingerie in front of a crew of about 10 people that she has no idea who they are. Who's not going to be uncomfortable with that? This is, she's, a, she's a singer. This is not what she does. The other part that's hard for my job in this is that in photography, especially in photography in the U.S., uh, and certainly more in 2014, there's going to be retouching. And I, and I can say when I look at those images, they've been heavily retouched. I'm doing the filming, and in 2014, there is no retouching of the filming. We, 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 we have ways of softening skin. But man, it, it comes down to the lighting, to the angle, to the comfort that I can bring in. Gosh, I was not bringing a lot of comfort level and I didn't really grasp why at the time. If I could go back and have a redo, I would have talked more. I, I wouldn't have accepted that her handlers are the people that I have to talk to. I do remember a specific moment around 1.30. It was about, it was the fourth set that we were working on. And I was going after a profile shot. What's a profile shot? Well, in, in this set, we had the light streaming in through a window with like sheer curtains and, and they're kind of blowing uh, by fans. She's got the light falling uh, across her body as she's leaning up against the wall and I want to go over and shoot down the wall and create like more shape for her because when gosh when, when, when people are standing up against a wall and light is falling you know in that awesome way both sides of them it's super flattering it, it was a fantastic angle anyway I, I remember that moment because that's when Brittany started pointing towards me and looking at um, wh whoever w was managing what was going on. They came over and told me that I couldn't film there. And I was just like, what? Why? And she goes, well, because she doesn't want you to film there. I, I was kind of shocked by this and I, I was taken aback. I, I, it was something that I'm not used to. So I did go over and I set up where she wanted me to set up for the shot. And man, the, the uncomfortable, the other uncomfortable bit was on this first shoot that I did with her. She literally had somebody describing every moment of the shot that I was shooting. And you cannot, I promise you, you cannot get a more uncomfortable experience than this. I stopped recording and I knew 
we were on really, really short time. And like the seconds that I was getting, every second counted. But I stopped and I said, look, I do not want to be the guy that takes bad photos of you. I I have a career that really matters to me. And it matters to me that I take amazing images of you, images that you are super proud to show people. And she didn't really respond (laughs) to me. (laughs) But there was a change in that moment and it was it was kind of the the first moment of trust where she understood that I wasn't there to take something away I was there because I was doing something that was important to me and I was there to help her I was basically there performing a service and and I've taken this into everybody that I work with it's kind of a mindset shift certainly as a photographer or as a, as a director of photography too, there's a, sometimes this idea that famous photographers or successful photographers go in with a lot of ego. And we, we certainly put that in the media. But I can say for sure that anybody that I have worked with that's truly successful at what they do, and, and this is the people that I've worked with, and, and so maybe it's the people that I attract into my life, we are all service-based. I show up to take amazing pictures of people. I can only photograph what I can truly see. People are amazed. Some, well, I, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. The people are often amazed when they look at photos that I've taken of them. And it's like they have this belief that I've got some kind of magic. And the, the truth is, I don't have the magic. Whoever I'm photographing has the magic. Yeah, I, I can put the lights in a good way. I can help you get to a Zen place in a good way, but all I can take is photos that I see. And if I can put you in your best light and you can feel good about yourself, that's what I'm there to do. And so from a business point of view, I think in all of our businesses, when we're trying to help people, when we get our own ego out of the way and we just try to be service-based We help way more people and we make customers for life. Interestingly, uh, the next shoot that came up with Brittany, I was CC'd on the emails and I saw down in the lines that said, uh, director of photography, uh, the bald guy, uh, to which she wrote back. It's like, oh, we love the bald guy. (laughs) So that was super nice. And I will say, one of the things that I got to take away from this Man, there was an incredible team on this whole shoot. And when you surround yourself with an incredible team, the, the, bar, the bar is raised for everybody, right? Always try to put together the best team that you can totally have for any given event and you will shine. Brittany went on Entertainment Tonight and Good Morning America and took the clips of the some of the best of clips of the filming that we did and then there was uh, bts behind me taking uh, shooting me shooting uh britney and she was kind enough to say that it was the most beautiful shoot she had ever done and uh well gosh i, I mean i'll i'll take the kudos for that but honestly being part of an amazing team and part of that kind of level of creation everybody 
comes out a winner. Now, one thing that I should definitely bring up having said all that is that you probably don't know that there was a Britney Spears lingerie campaign. And that's kind of a problem. On, on some level, this whole campaign, even though it was uh, one of the biggest launches in terms of the number of impressions it made on its first day in kind of like 2014 history, uh, the campaign failed. And I'd like to close off today talking about that. And for me in visual branding, here's the thing is those images are beautiful. Those images are, they're truly fantastic of lingerie. So why, why didn't it work? If you have amazing images and you got Britney Spears, why wouldn't it fly? Well, here's the thing. And you can take this into your own business, no matter what you do. Everybody relates a product or an image that they see towards themselves. So when we have a celebrity voiceover, that celebrity voice is bringing the feeling of the confidence of their characters or characters that you might like to that ad. The idea being that the confidence of those characters that they are creates a feeling inside of you. It's kind of a cachet that that actor has built up over time. When you have a celebrity endorsement, the goal is to create the create feelings so that the viewer can have the feelings and apply that to the brand. Well, here's the problem with Britney is when somebody looks at Britney Spears in lingerie, do they want to feel like Britney? And the answer is a resounding no. They, they love her music. They're intrigued by the media character that she is. But nobody or not enough people want to feel like Britney. And so, of course, you know, we're, we're all not going to have celebrity endorsements inside of our brands, but we can take that lesson into our brands, no matter what brand we have, that whatever it is that we're showing, we want to create feelings in what we're showing so that the viewer, your audience can look at that image and go, I want to feel like that or subconsciously feel good in a way that they resonate with that. And that is how you're going to make a customer. That's how you're going to sell your product. And that is today's biggest takeaway from my story of the first time that I photographed Britney Spears. My name's Alec Watson. I'm a director of photography and a visual branding specialist. I would love to help you out with your branding. If you're getting something from this podcast, please do me a huge favor and go ahead and leave a review with five gold stars. That would be super awesome. And if you've got some friends that are in business that would benefit from learning more about visual branding, man, pass this along to them. I would sure appreciate that. This is my legacy project and I really am here to try and make a difference. Over at yourvisualbrand.com is my flagship course that will teach you everything you need to know to be a boss in visual branding and lead your brand to success. I've got a newsletter that goes out weekly. Head over there and sign up and I will put you in the loop on tactics and ideas that are going to help you raise your game in campaigns, social media, and conversion of your customers. In the meantime, get out there, share your art with the world, and please reach out to me at Alec at Your Visual Brand or tag me at Your Visual Brand. 
I would love to see what you're up to.